This episode of Queries was recorded on Treaty 1 territory, the traditional territory of the Anishinaabeg, the Cree, the Oji Cree, the Dakota, and the Dene peoples, and on the homeland of the Métis Nation. Welcome back to Drag in the Peg, a podcast series exploring the lives and careers of drag performers living in Winnipeg, Canada. My name is Graham Hooson, and I'll be your host. We're here with another episode of Queries, the very last before the launch of our full-length interview season starting up on January 11th. In this past year, we've seen the beginnings of a new phenomenon in our city, homegrown startup businesses selling products and services for drag performers by drag performers, something I expect won't be slowing down as we enter the new year. Today, we're talking with four individuals who've made waves in the scene with their self-started entrepreneurship, all taking a slightly different approach with their businesses. Hopefully, at the end of today's panel, you'll have a little better understanding of what goes into these side hustles, why and how they master their respective crafts, and what you might even be able to do if you're looking to start your own drag business. So without further ado, please help me welcome Stara David, the owner of Wigs by David, Purple Haze, the creator of Exante Goo Nails, Sylvivi, the curator of Peachy Queen Boutique, and Lita Tequila, the mastermind behind LT Cosmetics. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the second episode of Queries, everybody. Today we're going to be discussing local drag businesses, and I've got some amazing guests with me. Hello, my name is Sylv. I am the owner of Peachy Queen Boutique. Hi, I'm Leah Tequila. Um, I had a business, LT Cosmetics, and now I'm just an all-around go-to. <laughs> hi, I'm Stara David, and I do Wigs by David. And hi, I'm Purple Haze. I do Exante Nails with Salami Down. Alright, so today we're discussing local drag businesses. What are they? How are they? And how can we help? <laughs> Cash. Cash. So, first question. Um, how long have you been operating your business? And what inspired you to start up? I started, like, planning it, I would say, like, maybe a year ago already. But I launched it in the summer with my friend Willow. And then since then, I've been operating it kind of on and off. It's been an interesting ride, I would say. It's not been the most successful, which I don't know. Like, I have to be honest. It's, you know, like, it's being an entrepreneur or whatever. You have to be prepared to not always succeed. And I was, like, ready for that. So, I don't know. It's I think it's just a matter of, like, improving and developing it and seeing where it can go. I was watching a lot of like how to be a female entrepreneur videos on YouTube, <laughs> like how to be a girl boss. I tried to like fill a hole in the market, you know, and I don't know, just try to help people, you know, finding outfits, costumes, stuff like that. Yeah. Amazing. Lita Tequila. What was the question again? <laughs> How long were you operating? Because LT Cosmetics is not in operation anymore? Not really. It's kind of laying in my basement. It's underground. It literally yeah. is an underground business, literally Inside. under the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I had it. How long was it? It was maybe like two and a half years, Like, but it was probably like three years in the process because mm. I did the whole uh, couple months of business plan writing and like... I'm, I'm really good at, like, finding ways to get the government to give people money. Ooh. I don't know. It's just a talent I have, maybe. Nice. Uh, and I've exploited the government many times <laughs> over my life. So I was um, the business plan writing thing started uh, probably the beginning of 2016, or was it the end of 2015? Around there. It was winter and it was cold. Mm -hmm. um, and then we had the store until, I don't even know when we closed it. It's been a blur. April 2018? Yeah, probably about that. Afterwards, I did, like, some pop-ups, and I did, like, online sales and stuff, just to kind of get rid of what I had. But it was around for a while. Uh, community was great, supported it. That's the one thing I can definitely say, is that um, the queer community in Winnipeg was amazing for support for starting small businesses, which is something very rare that I noticed in Winnipeg, that we kind of take care of each other, and I love that, and I'm appreciative of that. And then, kind of like all businesses, like uh, what I, 
should have actually done is watched a lot of more Shark Tank and Dragon's Den, which is what I do now. <laughs> like I sit at home, smoke a lot of weed, and I get yeah. business ideas. Like that is my life. Absolutely. But um, it's a learning process, and uh, they say a lot of people who are entrepreneurs or who start businesses, their first ones are a learning curve, and the second ones are a learning curve. Mm-hmm. And each one you do, you learn more and more about different kinds of business, how to run business, and. So it's fascinating. Like I got to take a bunch of business courses and I got to go all around and like learn from different uh, business owners and things like that. So it's been awesome. Um, And I think in my mind, I'll always be looking for a way to capitalize on something. Like right now I'm thinking about renting out your apartment on Airbnb. Like it'll work. (laughs) I'll take 10%. (laughs) One guest and that's share and share like on my couch. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Or Moxie. So what inspired you to start LT Cosmetics? Uh, Pretty much it was just the lack of quality cosmetics for not just drag artists, but um, anybody who does like theater makeup or things like that. There wasn't really many options. We did have Harlequin, but they only had limited amounts of the products that we used like for example Krylin and stuff there was no Krylin anywhere mm-hmm. and so that was more my thing I wanted it to be accessible and affordable to everybody because nobody has money to be going and spending $40 on a thing of glitter mm-hmm. I'm sorry it's you can go to the Dollarama and get glitter you know so uh, that's pretty much what it was was just making it accessible for people and and also a learning curve too I thought right away what am I good at what do I enjoy and it was makeup and I was like hey how can I capitalize on it and how can I do something like write a business plan and learn from it and and just learn for it because I ne- always knew that I'd have multiple ventures like so this was my first kind of stepping stone for it and I convinced the government to give me a bunch of money for nice. it so and we're always pro that it's a win-win <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sarah David. So how long have you been operating Wix by David and what inspired you to start it? Start up, David. I think I technically launched in September, something like that. Um, but I've been like doing wigs for people for a while. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of building up to me like actually just saying, hey, hey, I'm doing this instead of just word of mouth. Mm-hmm. I started out styling wigs actually before I started performing in drag really yeah i did like one or two for ruby before i actually started and so it's always been like something i've been interested in Mm -hmm. and um i always had like an interest in vintage hairstyling and that kind of stuff and so when i started drag it was kind of like i want to learn how to do this purple haze i officially i started in august Unofficially, I've been doing, uh, maybe for like a year, I started dabbling in like doing nails because I never could find a nail that fit me in the stores and they always looked so kind of cheap looking and awful. (laughs) I don't know. I just, I kind of wanted like, I wanted to look really expensive, but I couldn't afford to look really expensive. So I just started doing them myself. You know, it's just cheaper that way, I guess. And then I started August, and then I just haven't stopped ever since. Cool. So with each of your businesses, I imagine there was some level of learning curve, whether it was like actually learning how to make the products or learning how to market it or learning how to like physically run a business. So for you, what was um, the biggest challenge when you were kind of starting up? Probably like learning how to market, how to... uh... Because you said, like, I'm pretty shy, and, like, asking for money for pe- from people, that's probably been the most yeah. difficult thing, where I, I don't know, I'm just the type of person where I like to be nice, you know, I like <laughs> to help people, and especially when, like, people don't know how to do something, then I want to be like, oh, I can do this for you, which is, I don't know, it's good as a personality trait, not so good for a business. I think the learning curve was like definitely doing the business plan and doing projections and things, because I didn't really know anything about that then. And when you're going to the government with a bunch of uh, business plans and projections and stuff, they kind of grill you on it. I wish I would have like I said, watch Shark Tank and Dragon's Den more because I learned so much from that. Mm. And then I was like, oh, I understand now why they're asking me, why'd you put this number? Why'd you put that number? And I was like, because it sounds like a good number to me. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
Um, so th- that was definitely um, a learning curve. And I mean, next time I'll be even better at it. Uh, but just like Soph said, I agree. Like, I'm try to be as giving as I can, like, as much as I can. And if, like, there was times when, like, if people can afford stuff, I was like, just take it, girl. Just take it. Like, you know. So I understand that, like, trying to be nice. And it's hard to... It's hard to be like, hey, let me take your money type yeah. thing. And I, I've always been that way. So that is a harder part. So I had to come to a happy medium of, you know, still making something, like some type of money off of it to be able to live and things, but also being fair to people with the prices and the costs and stuff. So that was, that was a, it was a learning curve for sure. And um, it, I kind of learned that, for quality, for quality products and quality things, you can't be afraid to sell it for a, a fair price. Like if you look around and compare your your products and what you're selling or your business, as long as you're making it competitive with other people, then you're still doing people a favor by doing by uh, by selling it for cheaper if that's the case, or by doing a service at a lower cost. As long as you're competitive, then you're still on doing something positive and you're not gouging people totally Sarah for me part of the like the learning curve like I'm entirely self-taught mm. so I'm still like like even even in like the four months since I've like started like really actively doing commissions for people I've like improved kind of like tenfold so I'm still very much on that I'm I think like I'll always be learning as I'm going but like especially right now I'm still like I'm learning I'm trying new techniques and I'm trying all these different things and they don't always work like I'm literally learning what I'm doing as I'm going because I have like I don't have a cosmetology background or anything like that I'm not a hairdresser I'm just been learning so I'm doing it but also yeah hardest thing I agree it's always been like figuring out how much to charge people was the most difficult thing because everyone's also like quiet about that. I don't know how much everyone else is charging. So you don't want to do like extremely lower than that or extremely higher than that. So that was really difficult. And then also you don't want to be like underselling yourself. Mm -hmm. Like that's in the, that's kind of the position I'm in right now where I'm like, I should probably up my prices in the next little while just because my like expertise is so much higher than like when I started and so it's like that's really difficult because you also like as you said you don't want to be gouging people you want to do whatever you can to kind of help people out but it's also like you gotta put in you gotta get money back for the amount of time and effort you're putting in mm-hmm. purple haze the biggest challenge was um well, I started, I had no idea what I was doing. Like, nothing. So, like, I saw some videos. I got inspired. I tried it the way I thought it was going to work, but that didn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I had no idea what I was doing, so I needed to, like, learn. Like, every set was, like, I tried to make them better than the last set. Mm-hmm. And the price, the price thing was really hard for me. I had no idea how to run a business, like, uh, I had no idea. So I was just, like, throwing myself into it. Like, will it work? Will it not? Like, I was preparing myself for it to just, like, but, like, it's going pretty good. Like, mm-hmm. the community's really supportive. Everyone seems to, like, really like it. So, plus it's easier to just shop local. Mm-hmm. So, it's just way easier to have someone here to do it easier and higher quality and better and like everybody has a set of yeah. nails by Ex Nails right? yeah because you also have the advantage of kind of being the only one in the city you really like do. you're you right? capitalized on that market because nails are a bitch to do mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. they're they take a long time and it's hard work it's, I have no patience so <laughs> somehow it I, I can do it. It, just, it relaxes me in a certain way. And otherwise, everybody's got the same, like, three pairs of, like, shitty Claire's. Yeah. <laughs> like, or the know. medium French tips from Walmart. <laughs> Fuck a French tip. Yeah. I don't like a French tip. <laughs> they trigger me in a, in a certain way. Trigger me, too. Can I commission yeah. you for French tip? <laughs> <laughs> I want 
five sets. Maybe. <laughs> By tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Deliver. <laughs> All right. So next question: What advice would you have to a, a a drag performer, or I suppose not a drag performer, who's looking to create a business targeted towards drag performers? Sylvie, I would say take your time. I don't know. That's one of the things that I really tried to do is like really be prepared before I launched. And even then, I kind of wish I waited a bit longer. I think it's a matter of like networking and advertising and promoting and like hyping people up for it. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's what I think. And I feel like I could have done that more. Tried to reach out to more people and and all. Like I'm I'm happy with how I launched it. I just. I know if I waited more and if I like prepared more and I refined it more, it would have been better. But then that's also part of like the learning curve is like now next time I know I to do this and this and this yeah, to make it better. I'd probably say to start small and to find the niche market, mm-hmm. which was my biggest mistake because I wanted to have everything when I looked mm-hmm. at what I could get made and what I could get shipped. I bought 10 of each of every single thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I spent tons of money getting product in that I th- that I liked myself, but per- other people necessarily didn't need it or use it too. Mm-hmm. Um, what I wish I would have done is started a lot smaller, took the business plan, took the loan, and did different goals. For example, start with a lip line and really perfect that first before growing so fast because mm-hmm. there was one time I had like $20,000 of product in the basement and I'm like well what the heck <laughs> it's just gonna sit here now and it's like stuff I liked but not necessarily what other people liked and then I thought oh this will sell this will sell this will be great but yeah it's basically finding the niche market which is a big thing too and they they push that a lot in business school too is that you have to find a niche marker. You have to find a need that's not fulfilled yet mm-hmm. that you know that you could fulfill. And I just kind of took it and gave it steroids and jacked it right up and kept it up for five <laughs> days type thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like everything. I had everything. I wanted everything. I opened accounts with everything. Yeah. Mayron and this lash place and Krylin. And, you know, um, it was, it was, uh, it was definitely that was the biggest learning curve and the best thing i'd have to say is start small and perfect what you're doing first before growing mm-hmm. stara yeah i think i think probably my answer is going to be pretty similar figure out what your specialty is and how you can kind of do that and obviously see how you can expand beyond that like for example like i i know what I'm particularly good at with wigs. I'm good at doing like finger waves and that kind of stuff. And like, those are kind of like my Mm go-tos, but like I'll pretty much do whatever someone wants me to do. So I've had experience doing all these other things, but I'm also like one of the only people in the city that does a lot of like finger waves and though, like those kind of styles. Mm -hmm. So I know what, my specialty is I guess in that sense mm-hmm. um so like know what your specialty is and just know your shit before you go into it mm-hmm. be prepared mm-hmm. preparation is key mm-hmm. you gotta lube it up first before you just <laughs> <laughs> you can't just fist you can't just before you just like you may want to just <laughs> but you just need to prepare yourself cause it could go one or two ways right so Prepare yourself. Think of all the options first. Find your niche. Same as everyone else. Uh, Lita, I believe that you were the only business owner. Was 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 LT was like a full time gig for you? Yeah, like yeah. I was there was all the time. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> hanging out at the store. Um, I shared. Uh, I was lucky enough that I'm friends with Denise. She had Shantae lingerie for mm-hmm. a bunch of years, and I'm lucky enough that I was able to share a spot with her mm-hmm. and it was awesome and we became super close and she's one of my best friends now in the whole world and, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah I was there all the time <laughs> yeah sitting in that store the thing is too like uh, having a retail store in Winnipeg is a hard thing to do especially downtown like mm-hmm. there's no parking the foot traffic is not necessarily coming there for your products the foot traffic is basically so people can work right mm-hmm. um, so basically getting people in was a harder thing and then Winnipeg, for sure, especially in retail, is really hard to try to sell people on things. Mm-hmm. Um, because 
I don't know. It's just Winnipeg. If you can make it in Winnipeg, they say you can make it almost anywhere. Mm -hmm. So um, I there's a couple stores that aren't in Winnipeg that I kind of like modeled myself after. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, some things work for some places and some don't. Yeah. So besides you, the rest of you were all I kind of do this as like a it's like a side hustle. Mm -hmm. This yeah. is like a side gig. Yeah. So my question is, do you think um, that Winnipeg's drag scene is big enough to sustain? a full-time business catering to our community. I think so. Yeah. I think if, I don't know, like just based on accident, I feel like going from having nobody doing nails to now having like everybody owning a set, I feel like if you really push that, then it's, I, I think anything is possible, but I don't know, maybe I'm just like happy-go-lucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good though, be positive. Yeah. 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 I think, like, with my business, um, like, I was doing the opposite of what you were doing, Lita, how you bought it online and then sold it, mm -hmm. like, in person. I was buying it, um, like, I got a lot of the outfits from Europe and then, like, going there from, like, the thrift stores. Wow. Um, where it's, uh, the thrift stores are really different in Hungary, how um, it's, people don't donate it. They ship it, usually from, like, England. So you get a bunch of these, like, brand name things in the thrift store. And I was just, like, everything I saw that I was like, ooh, a drag queen could wear this. I just bought it. And then I was trying to sell it online for people. Um, like, my target audience isn't necessarily just Winnipeg. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I have people who order from, like, Ontario. Mm -hmm. And it's like I have no idea how they found me, but I'm happy they did. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. There's a lot of successful, like, online boutiques. I mean... Fashion Nova is like sure. crazy. And I think there's definitely people who are like drag performers who are looking for like cheaper outfits or just outfits. And then also I'm trying to change my business a bit. I hope I'm hoping to like relaunch and do instead of like more not every day, because the drag performers don't wear everyday outfits, but do like even extra, like even more crazier outfits, mm -hmm. like handmade, customized, stoned, oh, like God. everything. And then, because I'd rather have, like, five amazing outfits that I put all my time into than have, like, 30 outfits that I just, like, quickly put together. If the Winnipeg queens are in need of something, then I think you can make that, like, a full-time business. If you start stoning, you'll have a job for life. I'll give yeah. you everything. Yeah. yeah. I'm just thinking about that freaking bodysuit that you wore for, was it EOI with the yeah. face on it and the tongue? Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Did you stone that? That wasn't stone, though. No. But it was. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. Yeah, only though. <laughs> you should stone that. <laughs> that's, that's, stoning makes everything better. Right? It's true. Tea. A little glitter is just a little spark. Goes a long way. Yeah. That's why I have Willow. She stones everything for me. Nice. Oh, my little sleep. <laughs> Thank you. She, it's because she loves it. It's like. Yeah, it's it's, it's it. so she relaxing. It. I love stoning. Yeah. We even knew we loved stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Lita. Yes. So, um, especially uh, LT closed its physical location about a year and a half ago now. Almost two years, I guess. Yeah, it was April 2018. Like, yeah. And even in that kind of like year and a half, we've like seen a ton of new drag performers leak into the scene. Yeah. Do you think that, I guess I'm going to alter this question a little bit for you because obviously you did operate a full-time drag business. Mm -hmm. Do you think that now it would be harder or easier it depends which route you went down. I know now I wouldn't, I for sure would not have a retail space. It's just a lot. It's a lot to put on yourself to have all the bills of running a retail space mm -hmm. and only one type of market. Mm -hmm. uh, what would be the smartest idea would be have like do pop-ups and do like festivals mm -hmm. and markets. And we had like the, the community garage sale at Club 200. Yeah. And so I think things like that is how I, if I was ever going to do something like with makeup or with a physical product that's for resale, mm -hmm. I would probably do it that way or have it in other people's businesses and just kind of piggyback on that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really where like business is going these days too. Like, um, for example, I work at Refuge Eatery now all the time. My friends, uh, for years, they own it and they started off doing for years, doing pop-ups and markets and festivals and things like that. And now they have a space, but they started and they got 
such a big following and a big loyal following that uh, they're able to sustain having a location now because there's lots of interest with it. Mm-hmm. So it's not even um, it's not even that there's the drag scene is big enough to sustain it. It would be what type of business like model that you're using. Mm-hmm. Sarah, what do you think? I'm going to go back to kind of the sub question. Do you think that Winnipeg's uh, drag scene is a big enough market to to have a full time gig? Like in general, or for me? For you, for, for um, David. Do you think I, go I don't necessarily think so. Uh-huh. Um, I think um, hopefully once I can figure out how to ship wigs, that'll also Ooh, that'll help yeah. me out because I'm still I don't know about that, but I know that I've had like <laughs> interest from a couple of other Wait, people that are here. Um, so I think that'll be helpful, but, um, I think if I want to move towards doing wigs, which I do, like, as a full-time thing, um, I'll have to get working in theater and opera and, like, all of that, kind of, which, which is what I want to do, actually. So, like, that's something I'm moving towards, and I think probably, realistically, between doing that and doing drag wigs and doing drag I could maybe make things work but okay. so what you're saying is you need kind of like a secondary yeah exactly market exactly sustain that yeah and it would have to be national or international I think so with yeah just because also like I'm I'm not the only one doing wigs in the city so purple do you I... think that uh Exante Gunales could ever go Full-time, full gig in Winnipeg. In Winnipeg, I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, I want it to be bigger than it already is right now. Um, but I really want to take it actually like international. Like, but my whole thing is just shipping. Mm-hmm. I just, I just, I don't, I just, UPS people are like FedEx people throw shit all the time and like things. So it could get wrecked and I just don't want that. So that's my biggest thing mm-hmm. is just shipping. And it post all the way, right? Because then you need to get signatures on it. Nice. Yeah, and it, and if you are able to put the boxes small enough that they fit through that little slot at the post office, then you can ship it letter mail too, and then it goes in people's mailboxes. So uh, this business isn't really it, it's not drag owned, but I kind of consider it a, dra- a, a a business that certainly has gotten a lot of drag traffic. Shoenet. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. on Portage closed down recently. Shoenet was kind of like the number one store for, for, for drag shoes and for stripper shoes and stuff like that. And it closed down recently. What, what, what do you think Shoenet could have done differently to keep up and stay open? Because like everybody's got a pair from there, yeah. basically, in the city. But they're gone now. What do you think they could have done differently? And this case study. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a family-owned business, right? I believe so. Yeah. And I don't know, I think they put a lot of time and effort into it, so maybe at the end of the day it was just not worth it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm sad. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's, even when you buy shoes online, you like, you don't know if they fit, you know, because, yeah. like, you can know your size, but, I don't know, sometimes you order something that's, like, too big, too small, like, having to, having, a, like, a physical place, even just that, like, having a, a place where there's people who, like, support you, you know, it kind of goes along the whole theory of like video killed the radio star type thing Mm -hmm. and then online sales killed retail type thing Mm -hmm. because now with amazon prime you can go online and click three buttons and then you have shoes at your door in two days Mm -hmm. whether they fit or not that's the problem Mm -hmm. um and i think with shoe net they were around for a long time i remember back when i started drag which was a long time ago um, there was no such thing as buying shoes online or buying stuff online. So that was the go-to place for many people, not just drag uh, performers, but like mm-hmm. you said, strippers and people who want an alternative type of shoes. A lot of, uh, when I was 16, I used to sneak into goth parties. They would all get their big platform boots from there too. Oh, yeah. But um, I think the thing with that is that it's hard to sustain a business, especially with rising um, commercial retail spaces. The rent is insane, and there's they're not regulated at all the way residential is, so they can jack up the rent whenever they want too. So it eventually becomes, and with the Canadian dollar too, like buying things overseas or even from the states, 
um, that was sustainable to have a business when our dollar was better. But when our dollar isn't as strong, it's harder for businesses because they still have to compete with online sales that way too. Mm. So you think it was kind of like in part by the internet that kind of took them down? A little bit. Like it's probably not for lack of, like you said, everybody has a pair of shoe net shoes. Um, it's probably not for lack of support. It's for lack of the convenience of online shopping that's kind of where everything is going now yeah and i mean they were a lot around for a long time too so their business model was 100 percent based on retail customers mm -hmm. so to try to switch it over last minute that's harder for places to do especially yeah. for them too like they still said they're a family business so you know they might not have not known online how to do online sales and things like that yeah that's tough yeah what do you think took down shoe startup <laughs> I don't know. I think Lena pretty much summed it up. Yeah. Capitalism. Capitalism. I don't know. I, I, I will say, though, that, like, I think there's, like, there's now, there's now a gap in our community because we don't have there's it anymore. There's a hole. Yeah. yeah. Someone needs to fill those holes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You and these holes I love holes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much, that's, that's all I got. Yeah, there is. Shoe was incredible. Because yeah. with drag shoes, it's so hard. Mm. Stuff like thigh highs, oh. not good sizing. Purple. Um, what took them down? Um, I don't. I don't know. Maybe Donald Trump. <laughs> it could have been our global warming. It could have been uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Donald Duck. <laughs> Uh, maybe Disney did it because of Disney Plus. Yeah, um, totally. Absolutely. But like, the first time I heard the shoe net, I thought it was a website. So I yeah, went on Google and I'm like, shoe net, shoe net, shoe net. And I just couldn't find it. And I'm like, oh, it's literally a store. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Maybe it's just a rebranded course. Yeah. Right? Someone needs to maybe start making shoes. That's true. We need, a, we need a drag cobbler. We need a, that's what it's called. Yeah, it's a cobbler. Cobbler. We need a cobbler queen. Sharon will do it. <laughs> uh, harass your mom. Harass my mom. Yeah. I, I can picture crouched over in a <laughs> leather soles. She already has like the manners. Oh, oh, yeah, exactly. Lord, oh God, do anything for five bucks. <laughs> I love that. Here, hon. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just pissed. It's made for lips. <laughs> <laughs> I use myself for sizes. <laughs> We're fucked. <laughs> oh, one shot. Oh, Sharon, I love you so much. Um, so the uh, kind of my take on it was, um, Shuna. I mean, it was a family-owned business. It was. It was pretty small. It was very. It was hyper local. I just think they didn't have the marketing know-how, to be honest. Like, um, ShoeNet really didn't have an online presence. They didn't have a website. They certainly weren't shipping. But beyond that, like, um, anytime somebody was like, where'd you get those shoes when they weren't in the drag scene? And you talk about ShoeNet on Portage, everyone was like, oh, I've seen that, never gone in. Mm -hmm. So I think that part of it was that, like, in this changing world where, like, everyone's hyper online and marketing is, like, so barraging us at all moments like i just think that that was also part of what took them down which leads into my next question how do or did you market to drag queens how do you do that because that, that's kind of like the funnest thing ever i mean even me like marketing to drag queens with dragon the peg is really fun mm -hmm. so how do you do it it's definitely fun it's i don't know it reminds me of like when i was young like just like pretending that you know i had my own store or something but like it's yeah. like fantasizing yeah yeah now you can like bring it to life but i don't know it's it's also a bit difficult because i think every drag queen has their own style so trying to sell to like all of them can be difficult well like for a star and purple you guys make like specific things mm -hmm. well like alita you mostly have like I don't like lashes, everybody needs lashes, mm -hmm. you know, but then for me, it's like, I try to sell to like each individual person. Mm -hmm. That's why also I want to start doing like custom stuff, commission stuff. Mm -hmm. And I don't, that's something I learned from art. I don't know if I would call that a business, like doing commissions, um, paintings. It's that everybody wants something different. 
you know, and you can try to like, after doing a couple, you get a handle of like what most drag queens want, but all of them are like, oh, can you change this? Can you change that? Mm -hmm. So like starting a business, like for drag queens, I think you really have to like, not know the person, but just get their like interests, you know, their style. Yeah, you gotta know, you gotta Mm -hmm. know. You gotta gotta know know your market. You gotta know them. Amen. Lita. Okay, what was the question again? Um, <laughs> how did you market to? I got drag really queens? into like Sil's answer, right? No, I loved it. I think that was really good. The thing about marketing drag queens is it's not going to be typical marketing where you choose male, female audience, eighteen mm-hmm. to thirty-five mm-hmm. demographic, living in Waverly Heights type thing. Yeah, like it's going to be hard to like pinpoint your audience that way. Um, I know like with me, like we had launch, we had a launch party. I would throw parties. Um, I would just give away free stuff. That's a big thing too. And I know some people can't just can't do that, but, um, also other people wearing your products or other people using your products is also your biggest advertisement. So if people are enjoying what you're giving them, they're going to tell their friends and they're going to talk to people. And purple's business is a perfect example of that because, you know, one person wears a song Tegu nails and then all of a sudden 10 people are and then all of a sudden if you're not wearing those nails you're left out bitch yeah sure. <laughs> that's basically then you feel like the odd person out so yeah. that's really where we're at right now. yeah <laughs> yeah if you're not wearing a Tegu nails you're not wearing drag yeah <laughs> that's kind of how it almost feels totally. like it, it was like three months in and i was like jesus christ i gotta get a pair right otherwise exactly. i'm gonna get left behind you're totally right with that yeah, yeah. i was i was ahead of so, so some of the best things is like having word of mouth is your best marketing strategy if you are able to do it that way it's the best way to do it mm-hmm. amazing Sarah. yeah for me it was fully word of mouth I would I was doing wigs for people kind of like without charging when I was still figuring my my shit out and then also like I would post progress stuff and like my finished wigs on my story and then that kind of got people interested and then it just kind of got to the point where I was getting enough stuff in my DMs on my drag account that I'm like because I'm a Virgo I need like I just need I need everything organized I'm like I need this I I can't have this Instagram I need yeah I I need this on a separate account just so like my mind (laughs) can like deal with it yeah um which is why I started the Wings by David account because I'm like I need I need this to be separate, yeah. Um, but yeah no it's definitely for me it's just been fully word of mouth mm-hmm. and like also just like as like as Lita said the like having people yeah. wearing it is like <laughs> having people uh, wearing it is like the biggest kind of thing like Purple and I were joking at the Miss Club Two Hundred pageant. It's, you know, the Miss Club 200 pageant sponsored, uh, yeah. officially sponsored by Wigs by David and Asante Good Nails because everybody was wearing your nails. and was wearing like, wigs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had wigs on all the contestants. Amazing. All two. All two. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All two. I was though. like, oh, but, yeah. I was yeah, thinking yeah. about EOY. I'm like, holy shit. Oh, that's good. But well, then no, was, oh, yeah, no, but I did do all of misgenders. That's true. You did like six. Right? Oh yeah, no, and you were wearing mine, yeah. and I was wearing mine, and no, yeah. Moxie like was wearing mine, and yeah. I so spray painted like, mine, so. <laughs> Boo. Yeah. <laughs> and also like, as a, like as a, I think kind of like back to like the thing before, like I kind of have found different things to capitalize on that I think mm-hmm. help. Like I'm the only one kind of doing stoned wakes yeah. in the city and it's kind of I think I was I don't want to curse this but I think I was kind of ahead of the curve on it because it seems like it's starting no to idea. get like popular really now is, yeah. so what I'm like that? <laughs> I, I thought you thought of it no yeah I had oh, no I idea what the, the fuck that one. was I'm like what did what, are those actual like why how how stones and wigs yeah it's, now it's getting popular so things flying yeah, no. Sharon Shirley. <laughs> What's next? Yeah, Sharon the gr- granola bars and a wigs. Final answer. Word of mouth. Word of mouth. 
I'm just roasting my mom. You are. Laura, I love her. It's easier to roast her when she's already been roasted for years. This queries is actually just this queries is actually just the roast of Sharon Shirley. Yeah, totally. That's my life. That's a good show though. It's a good one. It's a you can watch reruns for days. Purple Haze. Okay, so like we were just saying, like Exante Gunales is huge. In the Winnipeg drug scene, everybody's got a fucking pair, and if you don't, you ain't shit. (laughs) 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 It's it's massive. Everybody's got a pair. Everybody's got multiple pairs. Um, how do you how do you how did you get that? Like, I don't know. I think I don't know. I just I like sparkly things, Mm -hmm. and I believe that (laughs) most drag queens like sparkly things. Yep. So if you make sparkly thing (laughs) (laughs) they're gonna like it so you know uh you know yeah marketing to drag queens it's fun but it's i don't know bright colors sparkles you know add a unicorn somewhere (laughs) flashiness they're good marketing to kids yeah basically right that's literally it yeah and i think a lot of exante goo um also applies to that kind of like you see and you want. Yeah. Like, I remember kind of like the the, the the singeing point, I think, was Prairie Sky maybe at Miss Club 200 or something like that, but I just saw her hands and they were glittering and I was like, holy shit, that looks so beautiful in her mm. singe lights. Like, it really is kind of just like monkey see, monkey like do. Like, fear missing out, kind of. Yeah, mm-hmm. really. Totally. Like, craving almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a drug. Exotic <laughs> <laughs> nails. We both. Like a drug. <laughs> like a drug. Oh my god. Taglines for days. Right? Like yeah. <laughs> Sold. I need 10 pairs. <laughs> now. <laughs> um, so, this is an interesting question. If I don't eat too my own horn. What do you think is the importance of performers learning to create their own drag versus the importance of having accessible avenues to, 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 to complement their style and help them get where they need to be okay so like how do you balance like the the like the importance of like for example a drag queen learning to make her own wig versus the need to have like an accessible business there for her when she needs it okay so it's interesting because it's a lot of like um when you're starting out you do everything yourself and then when you look at like rude girls it's like they don't do it yeah they don't just stand there like put my hair on please yeah um I don't know, because sometimes when you don't know how to do something and you still do it, that's how you get good at it. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, start like your wigs, like, I could never do something like that, so, but I still try, you know? <laughs> I still try to, like, make my own wigs, and I don't know, I think it's, you have to find, uh, like, a good balance of trying it yourself and then also supporting local businesses and commissioning people. Lita, I guess this isn't super uh, a great analogy for LT Cosmetics because it's not like a ton of people are out here making their own lipsticks. Yeah, exactly. And if they are, I mean, like... You well, never you know. know. There, yeah. might be, there might be some lady down by the river picking berries and putting them on her lips. That's my mother know. and her name is Sharon. <laughs> Sharon is just an entrepreneur. <laughs> um, but the thing is, too, I know I, I can only speak for myself in this way that... I'm lazy. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have... One, I don't have the time. I'm always doing something. Mm-hmm. And then it's the convenience of getting some a quality product for your drag. Especially when it's made by someone, either your friends or, like, someone in the community. Um, I think that part, for me, at least, comes from being that I... And sometimes I'm just not as good at mm-hmm. certain things. And then it's the, I see this and I want it type thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you see... Asante goo nails out there and you see them glimmering underneath all the lights like you're saying and you're like all right i need that yeah type thing and you know if someone's willing to put in the time and the effort uh to make you something like that then they deserve to be compensated for it too totally amazing sarah yeah like i think like it's super good to try and learn to do things yourself mm-hmm. obviously but i think it yeah it also comes down to like the time you have mm-hmm. and the like patience and like kind of like all like you know all that kind of stuff and um like also i like i know what i'm good at i'm good at wigs i'm not good at sewing oh, and the time that i could put in 
to like getting better at sewing, I'd rather put in to getting better at hair. Mm -hmm. So like, I know that about myself. You know, Doesn't mean I'm not gonna try, but like I know where my priority is. Yeah, pick your battles. Like, exactly. <laughs> so, so for like for me, that's my focus. And then if I can trade that skill with other people, then like that's what purple and I do. We right? just trade nails for wigs yep. constantly. It's just like a back and forth. Yeah, it's a sisterhood. It's exactly. A the evolution of the economy and commerce. Yep. <laughs> We're taking it back Not to the old times. We traded, bitch. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think like, yeah, it comes down to time. Totally. Especially. Uh, what are your thoughts, Purple? For me, it's like, you know, you have something envisioned in your head. You can't get it anywhere else. Might as well make it. Right, mm -hmm. but then at the same time, it's really convenient to have something there, mm -hmm. somebody there to do it. I think for me as a consumer, uh, part of what inspires my decision as to whether like I want to try something myself or I want to outdo it is like the amount of time that I have, like you said, and also sort of the scale of the show. So, for example, if I'm doing something for like a, a show that matters a lot to me then perhaps I'm going to take it to the best, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to get something custom done. Meanwhile, if it's a smaller gig or it's just something that I just want to have on hand and I've got the time and it's not something specific that I need and know that I can do, I might just try it out myself. Yeah. Um, and of course it's, it's varying. Like I can try to sew my own stuff. Um, I might be able to try to make a wig or do a wig but I can never make nails. <laughs> so it's either like you or the drugstore of purple. Yeah. yeah. It's either drug one store. drug or the other drug. It's one drug or the other. Yeah. My God. You choose. Okay, so final question of the panel. How exciting. Um, do you think your business is sustainable and what are your plans for growing, developing, getting out there? I have a lot of plans yeah. for like changing it up. It's I've definitely like taken a break from it now, and I'm ready to like get back into it and change it up. Mm -hmm. And yeah, as I said, I just want to make like. Sometimes I forget that people can't sew. You know, we'll cast <laughs> you forget that. <laughs> really? I never do. I'm I, I'm, yeah. I'm honored. I'm, that was the biggest compliment I ever You thought I could sell. Because for me, it's just, it's so normal. Because like, I've been sewing, like, forever. You also work at a fabric store. Yeah. So I'm, I'm used to it. Like, I get people coming in, and it's like, you know, I don't get people who don't know how to sew. So I'm just used to, like, being around that. And mm -hmm. that's why I want to, like, help those people out and make stuff for them. And just do more interesting uh, garments. So, yeah, that's what my plan is. Amazing. Lita, I'm so excited for the three to answer this question. Because you've been talking about how, like, you're looking to develop, how LT Cosmetics was kind of like the first iteration of your business yeah. endeavors. Do you have any any plans for maybe future businesses that you want to share? Do you not want to jinx it? Um, well, like, there's things and, like, talks in the works. Like, I'm always, like, thinking of different ways to capitalize on different money making things and totally. different the way things are now it's basically all online uh yeah. so i have different ideas and stuff in the works um nothing like concrete that's even worth saying yet because then i'm gonna sound like i'm just spouting off for the sake of it <laughs> um but like helping other people with their businesses too is a lot of fun like you can catch me slinging a bunch of vegan plant-based food at roughage and oh, like, yeah you know, um, anybody who has questions, like, I am really smart at the actual, like, operations of it, and mm -hmm. I find that the fascinating part of business, not necessarily the, not necessarily the creativity of it, but the actual, like, operations of it. Dollars I find that a lot of fun. I love it, yeah. I can add up anything, you know, so. <laughs> but um, nothing, like, concrete in the plans yet, but there's always, my mind's always working on 10 different projects at once. Like, if you saw my vehicle and all the garbage that's in it, like, from... Lashes. Everything. <laughs> lashes and fucking outfits and costumes and garbage. <laughs> yeah. So, nothing concrete yet. What's that? I just want you to be my mentor. Oh, my God. You're going down in flames. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Just listening to you talk, like, this entire time, just been like... God, I've learned so much. Oh my God, really? Yeah. yeah. Thank you. That's a huge knowledge. compliment. Thank you. 
Thank you. Yeah, if anybody has any questions, like, feel free to, like, shoot me any emails. Like, I can tell you whatever I, I did to learn what I did. Like, I all the free business courses available in Winnipeg and all over Manitoba are really awesome. And they really teach you tons in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. We're so excited. I can't wait to see the new business endeavor of business mogul tequila. Oh, God. I'm finding by the river picking berries with my sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Latest business venture. Sarah, what are your plans for Weeks by David? Um, I really want to, like, work on expanding my, kind of, like, my expertise and what I can do. Um... I'm applying for a practicum this summer, so I'm using, uh, which would help me uh, learn how to like make and ventilate wigs. Wow. Great, and then I can make wigs, because I I haven't done that yet. And that's something I really like to learn. I'd like to get like, eventually get like a repertoire of like rentals that I could do. Um, And yeah, I just want to like- Rental wigs. Exactly. I've had people ask. Oh, well, that's yeah, the thing, really? right? It yeah. All the time. Yeah. yeah. People are always um, like, can I borrow your work? Yeah, and also for like theater and stuff. Yeah, like, totally. So that's something I'd like to build up to. I'd like to, like, yeah, just like get everything kind of going, I guess. Like, actually, because like up to this point, it's kind of just been me doing commissions, which is great, but I'd like to kind of like get it more professional and get. You know, make yeah, yeah. Just make make it happen. Totally, that's so exciting. Oh my gosh. Okay, purple plans for Xantiku nails. Um, I want it to be like, like I said, like I want to be able to like ship mm-hmm. nails somewhere. I'm just worried about like, you know, will they last? Will they, you know, get lost? You know, like that's just not good. So right now I'm focusing on Winnipeg. Um, and then yeah. You're starting gloves too, right? Starting soon. Oh my god. Soonish. See, now I want some of that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Soon I'm still working on that. Holy shit, that's so exciting. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you all so much for joining me. This has been such an incredibly educational, helpful, informative, and um, nice yeah. episode. Thank you all so much for joining me. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much to Stara, Purple, Sylve, and Lita for joining me for the second episode of Queries. Join us in the new year for the first episode of Dragon the Peg Season 2 on Saturday, January 11th. Queries will start up again once all 16 episodes of Season 2 are finished, most likely on Saturday, May 30th. A huge thank you to Claire Boning of Veneer for the wonderful intro and outro, and to Cameron of Gay Lunch Podcast for lending me your microphone to record this episode. Check out his podcast, Gay Lunch, on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to your casts. Lastly, thank you to the very splendid and delicious cake for previewing our episodes, sometimes when I have time between editing and the release time to send it to her. If you have a topic, theme, or idea you'd like to see dissected on queries, DM us on social media or shoot us an email to dragonthepeg at gmail.com, and you may hear it featured in the next episode. Until next episode, remember to shop local and always tip your local drag artists.